0: It's almost like trusting your gut and you go with it or you know, you're know, you more likely to solve the problem and like think analytically about it than if you had no time constraints and you just think of everything and then be like, oh, I'll come back to that later.
1: Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke and
0: I'm Charlie. Today we're going to be talking about a common phrase that you often hear thrown around. Constraints breed creativity. We're going to be talking about whether we think this is true or not and how it applies and you know our experiences with having constraints and how they've affected our work I suppose. I think it should be interesting. We've had some interesting chats and I even remembered to run a poll so patting myself on the back there. But (laughs) first though Femme I really want to hear how your week's been because it's been a while since we caught up. How's everything going? It's been a
1: good week. I am about to fly back to Europe today. So it's a little bit all over the show here at the moment. I still have to finish packing and do some last minute things. And the week has really been one of, you know, saying goodbye to all of my friends yeah. and my workmates. So it's been a somber week, but also I'm really looking forward to getting home. It should be really nice getting back into my routine and back into the swing of things. But I had a really nice moment where I wrote quite a personal article and sent it in my newsletter this week and I got the most email responses I have ever gotten from a newsletter and they were all positive. So that was really touching for me. So I had, yeah, a bit of an emotional moment. It felt really nice.
0: Are you going to be putting that article like out on your blog as well? Or have you already maybe and I just haven't seen it? because No, it's not out yet, but I'm going to. Maybe it'll be out by the
1: time this podcast goes live. Yes, it will be. It will be live
0: now. Okay. Because honestly, everyone listening to this, you need to read it. I was one of those people who replied to you, I think I did in all caps. You did. Oh my (laughs) God, I love this. (laughs) It was truly the best thing that you've ever written. And I don't know. I'm proud of you for opening up. I think it was really cool. Great article.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: So yeah, it was a it was a
1: good week. Lots of ups and downs and lots of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? How's your week going?
0: It's been going really well. I am definitely still in love with my new job. I, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Yay. Yeah, so nice working from home and being able to feel a bit more in control of my own time. I just, yeah, really like that. Like the other day I decided that I was going to go work for a cafe this morning and this is the project I'm going to work on. I feel like it's not only my location or whatever that I have more control over, but when to work on each project as well. Like obviously there's deadlines, but you know, I feel Mm -hmm, like a mm -hmm. bit more in control of my own time and my schedule, which is really nice. And I'm able to get lots done on my side projects. Just feeling all round. I think I just tweeted that, I'm feeling very creatively fulfilled at the moment because I'm doing a lot of really fun projects at work, like there's some solving UX problems, there's UI design, I'm doing a bit of branding and graphics, you know, more um, conceptual type things, and then in my side projects, I'm doing teaching and also creating infographics, and I don't know, it's just, it's been a good week, a good month even, I'll say, good start to the year. Yeah, I saw that
1: you are going to do a video about working from home. Which will be really cool to see. Do you feel like you have like changed your routine since working from home? And like, I guess, are you sleeping in a little bit more or are you still getting up super early?
0: In my first week, I got up uh, about 45 minutes later than usual. But to be honest, uh, this week I've gotten up at 5.30 every day. Well, I've woken up at 5.30 every day. Generally, I don't get up for another 20 minutes, but that's the same thing as I was doing... Uh, when I worked in the city, so it just means that I really do have an extra hour to fill with stuff. Yeah, yeah, I have so much, so much extra time. Yeah, and for some reason, I I feel less exhausted without that commute as well. You know, yeah, just life feels a bit more chilled out. Yet I'm still getting things done, so really like it. We've had some requests to do an episode about working from home and working remotely, so we should probably do that as a future episode. How's that sound?
1: We should, because now we both work exactly. remotely, which is quite cool. Very
0: cool. Okay, well, anyway, should we get on with today's topic before talking about a future one? Yes, yes, let's. Let's not get sidetracked here. Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to kick it off with talking about the poll, just so we know where everyone stands. And I want to hear what you think as well, Fem. Mm-hmm. So we asked out on Twitter, constraints breed creativity. Do you agree with the statement? Answer our poll and reply and tell us why or why not. So 81% of people said yes and 19% said no which is probably what I was expecting. What what do you think, Femme? Do you agree with this statement? I do agree with this statement.
1: I think constraints do breed creativity because it requires you to get a little bit more creative about how you're going to find a solution or create a solution for something. I'm looking now at all the tweet responses we got and I think all of them are people saying that they agree and we didn't get any from
0: someone who voted no in that poll which is a little disappointing. We did however get some from people who were wishing there was like a maybe option and the caveat they gave was that some not all constraints are good constraints and sometimes you can get a client that's being overly prescriptive and like trying to tell you every little detail yeah. to do and then you're pretty much just being a Mac operator and putting things in the places that they want rather than actually designing so I totally agree with that I think that makes sense but thinking about constraints as in instead of being wide open this project has some things that you must adhere to in in that case I definitely agree that it breeds creativity because like you said you're forced to be creative because you've got to find ways to work with these things. But not only that, I think it gives you a starting point and helps you get over that overwhelm, I suppose, when you're starting a new project and there's literally any way you could go. Some constraints give you a starting point, right? And a a starting place to think from.
1: Yeah, I think that while constraints do encourage creativity, sometimes those constraints, depending on what they are, could actually hinder your ability to find the ideal solution. Ooh, have you got an example to share here? I've got a really dumb example, but I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, And one example is I cannot remember the context of why I had to do this, but it must have been in high school or something. We had to create a dress out of toilet paper. Oh, yep. And so... (laughs) I don't know. It's just one of those, maybe like a team building exercise or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've done this before, too. (laughs) I mean, okay. let's say for the purpose of this example that the, the goal or the success definition is for the dress to be practical. Uh, well, when you're making a dress out of toilet paper, it's pretty difficult to achieve practicality uh, if it's likely that the dress is literally going to fall apart as soon as you wear it. Um, or maybe the constraint is for the dress to be beautiful and that could be really difficult to achieve with when you're wearing toilet paper on yourself, you know? So that's like the only example that I can really think of that's happened to me and it's a bit dumb, but I think it sort of hits the... The point quite well if you know what I mean.
0: I don't know if I agree here. Yeah. See I think that the creativity comes from how you deal with those problems and like okay so the dress needs to be practical maybe you need to like sew a bunch of these different pieces of toilet paper together so that it makes a thicker fabric and that's how you you know approach the problem that way or maybe you need to mm-hmm. like cut it and make some like lace look to it I don't know to make you look beautiful. I don't know, I think there's ways around that, but also I get your point that sometimes the constraints can be like counterproductive to the success, right? Like if a client has a certain target audience or whatever that they go for and a constraint they put on the brief is something that the target audience just doesn't align with, then that's not going to work and that's definitely going to hinder your creativity because you're dealing with something that is at odds, I suppose, with with the result. So I think I agree with what you're saying, but not the example. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. So I guess you could look at it another
1: way as say a client wants like, I don't know, this amazing thing, but they've only got like 500 bucks to spend ah. on it. Oh, yeah, this is a good
0: one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then, I mean, obviously, obviously that constraint is going to force you to be super creative because you can't, spend huge budgets on things uh, but it's probably extremely unlikely that you're going to be able to achieve what they wanted to be achieved with that tiny budget do you know what I
0: mean yeah that totally makes sense that's yeah budget constraints I think is a different beast and I don't think yeah yeah sometimes budget constraints can breed creativity like you said you have to get creative about how you approach the problem like maybe do some things DIY or whatever but when it's a client project and the client doesn't understand how like the scope of it I suppose of their ideal outcome mm-hmm. then yeah budget constraints are not fun to work with no and and
1: while like I said I don't think that can really put a hinder on your creativity like if anything budget constraints are actually great for your creativity because like you said it requires you to get super creative about how you're going to do things and maybe you know get DIY and stuff like that but I think it it does place a constraint in terms of maybe like the quality that you can produce or something like that, which isn't a bad thing. I think that's just a constraint that exists in that scenario.
0: Yeah. And that you have to be aware of. And I think this is something that you quickly learn when you come out of design school. Why did anyway? Like in design school, you were taught to think big basically. And if you thought of each design brief you had as a client project, like you were just going as big as possible, right? To be as impressive or whatever. But Mm -hmm. in the real world, clients can't afford to pay for all the bells and whistles sometimes. And sometimes you are having to design them the simplest, most cost effective solution. That's just a reality. So, yeah, interesting
1: thought. I also find time as a constraint Mm. uh, can be either like a hindrance or a really great thing. And I find this especially with my personal projects, because if I just give myself like unlimited amount of time, then... I just either spend way too long on it or it never actually, you know, turns into something. And so I'm trying to get better at giving myself time constraints in my side projects because I feel like, I mean, that's what you get with client projects anyway. And so applying that to a personal project, I think, could really help me. And I haven't done this, but I have an upcoming project that I want to do. And I, want to challenge myself by doing the whole thing in one weekend. Nice. Like whatever I have at the end of the weekend, that's going up. Cool. And I don't know, I guess guess I'll report back once I've done it. I'm a little bit nervous about it, but I'm hoping that that will actually be quite a good constraint to have and force me to get creative in terms of what I actually produce and put out at the end of that weekend. Yeah,
0: I really like that. And do you know what? (laughs) Of course, we've been thinking similar things because – you know, my artwork for alternate singles series. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure I do one a month this year and I've not started on January's yet and I'm heading away to San Diego next weekend. So time's running out. But something that I have been thinking of doing is giving myself like a certain amount of hours, like maybe even just like three and a half hours or something in the morning to start and finish this piece. And wherever I get to at the end of it, that's it and that's the piece that I'll put up. And I thought it might be interesting for me to vlog that process as well so people can like see along the way how I'm going Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what design decisions I'm making quickly. I don't know, just an idea. But I think that that'll be the way for me to get it done and out in time because there's no need for me to spend a lot of time on it. It's only me who even cares about this, I think, not to, you know, be down on myself or anything. (laughs) I care. (laughs) But, you know, there's no, no client is going to be affected by this piece if it turns out not exactly as I'd hoped. So it could be a good experiment.
1: Yeah. Do you think that when you have a time constraint that you make different decisions as opposed to
0: if you had a lot more time? Yes and I think I make better decisions almost. It's almost like trusting your gut and you go with it or you know you're more likely to solve the problem and like think analytically about it than if you had no time constraints and you just think of everything and then be like, oh, I'll come back to that later, you know? You're not actually forcing yourself to make a decision in that case. So yeah, I think time constraints is good. Actually, this brings me to a question I want to ask you is, when it comes to side projects, how many constraints do you give yourself aside from time like we just talked about? Is there anything else like when you start something? For example, when you designed your site, how did you approach that? Did you give yourself some constraints to work with? Because I don't know about you, but I find personal projects can be really overwhelming if you don't set something because you can do anything. You're the one deciding what mood this thing should have or whatever. So yeah, where do you even start? Yeah, I think there's always constraints
1: with things. Like even with this podcast, we have a constraint of making sure every episode is like under 45 minutes, right? So, And there have been times where we have been recording and we have to say, oh, it's getting a bit long now and sort of wrap it up. And so that's a constraint, I think, Mm. where you have to make sure that the episode's not too long because you don't want it to drag on uh, and things with my website I guess when I was creating it I sort of had in mind already what I wanted and in a way I guess you could sort of I don't know if you would consider that a constraint Uh, but I yeah now now I'm thinking back to the time constraint because I did have a time constraint on that of got to get it up by this time otherwise it's going to drag on forever Uh, and I think I also just sort of when I was making it told myself that it doesn't need to be perfect and to just get it up and that I can always make changes to it later uh, but yeah I don't know if I had any sort of other specific constraints when it came to creating
0: my website yeah I think with the time though that it would have been why you went with that idea you had in your mind and you didn't give yourself the luxury of doing a whole bunch of exploration you just went for this, yeah you know what your gut was telling you I think that makes sense I want to give an example of constraints I've set with a side project and it's this artwork fault and it singles one again I knew that you know, creating graphics, I think especially, is really overwhelming when something, it sort of borders between design and art, right? I mean, it's called artwork, so clues in the name, but <laughs> you know, where do you start and where do you begin that you can take inspiration from so many places and especially with music, I get so inspired by it, there's just so many different directions you can go in. So a constraint I gave myself was that I wanted the artwork to tie in somehow with the artwork from the album that the song comes from, so that they could almost be seen as, you know, a pair. Not not, not copying the design style or making it the same, but maybe using the same sort of technique or the same colours, like something to make it tie in. Is a constraint I gave myself, and I don't know if I even would have designed the two that I have if I didn't give myself that constraint.
1: No, that's a good constraint. I I've just thought of another example, which. Is actually at my day job, uh, so I'm currently making videos at my day job, which is super fun because I'm learning so much about video. Uh, and one of the constraints we've decided as a team is basically for the videos to be shit. What? <laughs> so we're basic, like we're basically doing sort of like a V1 of all the videos, sort of just internally. So rather than like, okay, we've got 25. Videos to produce rather than creating video one until it's perfect and then moving on to video two. We are creating 25 shitty videos and then we're going to go back and, you know, make them perfect. And I have to say that I am struggling a little bit with this because I am quite a quality and perfectionist freak. And so creating a crappy video and sharing it with the team is a little bit hard for me. But the rest of my team are loving it. Like they're like, oh, this is awesome. It's so crap, like in a good (laughs) way. Uh, And so that's an interesting constraint that
0: I've never really had to deal with before. But I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. And it makes sense too, because it it forces you to get the ideas out there and you're getting the drafts down because you might get to video five and realize that, oh, the way we're doing this isn't going to work when it comes to here. But That doesn't matter because we haven't put much effort in. Yeah, that's great. Love it. So how do you cope then um, if you get a really wide open brief from a client? Because with side projects, you can just put your own constraints in them or whatever and or give yourself a time constraint and, and make it work. But what happens if a client comes to you and is sort of like, just be creative, do whatever? Like, where do you start with that? Oh, that's like a recipe for disaster. Uh, usually it's a
1: red flag for me. Actually, Ooh, like if I get a brief that's that wide, I usually am like, mm, probably not. Um, but if it's a little bit more narrow than that, and I'm interested in the project and I like the client, etc., then I usually go and write a brief for myself. Or it's kind of a kind of a mixture between a brief and proposal, I suppose. And so I kind of take what they have asked for their broad version of it and sort of really flesh it out to a lot more detail and run it past them Uh, because I think it's super important especially if you're getting a wide open brief from a client to you know lay out all the specifics of things and uncover a little bit more from them you know maybe you want to do a questionnaire with them to actually get more to the bottom of what they want because usually they know what they want they just don't know how to communicate it or think that you're a mastermind reader or something and so I think as the the designer or freelancer or whatever it's really our responsibility to uncover that so yeah I would ask for more detail or write up my version of it and share it with them to make sure that it matches their vision of the project
0: yeah I like that I've been doing something similar at work actually recently with writing briefs myself from information because um, obviously this is a small company and everyone's very busy and sitting down to write a brief is a lot of work so what I tend to do when a new project is mentioned is I'll gather like information that I've heard from various people and also include my own thoughts too because when you're in house you can do that which I love. <laughs> and I'll put all that into a into a brief with the objectives and what I consider the scope to be and everything and then it gives people a point like a place to read everything in one place and then they can be like oh no this is missing and then it can be captured there but it's, it's just really handy to have that document as our, our thing to refer to and keep us all on the same page. Have you ever had a wide open brief from a client? And if so, what, what did you do? I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. But I think that's because I would always go in first with the questionnaire, like you were talking about, right. and, and get them to answer things uh I'm sure I must have had people in the past say do whatever you want but I think those are the types of projects that I end up just not really working on like if it's a friend who's like oh yeah I just need a logo like whatever you you just be creative and do whatever you think I'm sort of like eh that seems like a lot of work (laughs) I'm not gonna start that
1: yeah I feel like that would be so difficult like just not having anything to narrow your creativity down you know like it's almost too broad
0: I don't know it's hard. I think like you said, a client always does have something in mind and there's always, I believe anyway, a constraint that you can put on it. There's always something you can find to to put in that brief and, and give you a starting point. Because for me, really, those constraints are my starting point and of where I start thinking from because design is problem solving, right? And the constraints are the problem and that you're working around. So I don't think it's really possible to answer a brief for me without constraints and whether that comes from the client or if I put them on myself like they need to be there I feel like
1: and this is assuming clients don't realize everything that they need to communicate to the freelancer which is why I think it's our responsibility to ask for it like the worst situation to be in is, I don't know, say you're doing a logo and you do everything in like script fonts and then the client's like, oh, but I don't like script fonts. And then you've just spent like a week designing logos around script
0: fonts. You know, like that's probably something that you kind of want to uncover early. <laughs> yeah, it's too dangerous. And like you said, it, it is our job to uncover that and ask those questions. I think sometimes people think it's it's a good thing to like be able to think outside the box and have no constraints whatsoever but yeah in my opinion it's really not I always prefer to have a starting point yeah and I think it's
1: maybe easier isn't the right word but I'm going to use that word anyway I think it's easier to think outside the box when a box already exists and you have constraints
0: existing do you know what I mean I definitely know what you mean and I actually want to bring in a tweet from Stephanie who said exactly this oh she said Without a box, it isn't possible to think outside the box, but clients who are too prescriptive are also restrictive, so you need balance. Mm. And I agree with that. You need a box to think outside of, but you need the freedom to be able to think outside that box and not be boxed in. (laughs) Perfect. I like it. Yeah. No, no, I totally
1: agree. And that's like, kind of the toilet paper crappy example you know that's kind of you have to think outside the box of like okay how am I going to make a dress out of toilet paper it's not traditionally used as a fabric material so that you know that's definitely sort of a think outside the box scenario
0: yeah totally can I read out some more tweets because we had some good ones in response yeah yeah to there this. are some good ones go for it I like what Talissa said Um, Talisa said, total creative freedom can feel like choosing milk in America, a bit of paralysis of choice, but constraints offer a problem to solve, like I was just talking about. I also believe there are always constraints slash unspoken client preferences. If you cannot identify them, then that breeds fear. So I don't know if she means fear for the client or like you should be afraid of the project, but... I, both of those can probably apply, That you're right. If if a client is saying that, no, there's literally nothing in particular I want for this thing. I have no goals in mind. You know, there's no particular thing I'm trying to achieve with it. You should run from that project. <laughs> as fast as you can. As, yeah. And as far as you can.
1: Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree. And while I haven't had to buy milk in America Uh, I can understand that if you have way too many choices for something you just end up taking so much longer to make that decision and I always have that problem at restaurants like I go to a restaurant and there's like 30 things on the menu and I'll spend like 15 minutes trying to decide what I should order and if you think about it it's just time wasted (laughs) This is why I go to burger places, because you just pick what type of burger you oh, want to eat and you're done. <laughs> I think there's a book that I've been meaning to read for a long time called The Paradox of Choice, Ooh. and I've heard that it's really good, and one of my workmates read it, and he said it totally changed his life when it comes to making decisions on... I mean, obviously, if you're making like a life decision, that's different, but those like day-to-day decisions about what chocolate bar you should buy or something, he said it totally changed how he makes decisions, which is super interesting.
0: I want to read it. Yeah, I want to read that too now. Maybe we should do like a little book club or something. Oh, book club. Cool. Hmm, ideas to think about.
1: (laughs) Maria said, I find restraints give you direction both client and personal work, with client work especially as it gives you a place to begin. It's true. I think it's always nice to have a starting point with client work and with personal work, I think it's sometimes it's nicer to not have a definitive starting point, And so you can just have like this huge, like brainstorm and figure out where you want to start. That's sometimes fun too, to go through all the different possibilities and eventually narrow down on one thing for yourself. Yeah, that's a good point,
0: actually. With client work or, you know, um, briefs that I do, do at my job, I like having those constraints as a starting point because I know where to begin thinking. Mm-hmm. But I guess the starting point for my personal projects is that spark of an idea that I've had, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and so I'll do that phase where you're exploring it, and then when things become too overwhelming is when I'll add the constraints for myself, whether it be time or, you know, some sort of design constraint like I was talking about with the artwork thing. Yeah, I think you need to have an idea first before you can put constraints down. Amy says that too much freedom makes me think really shallowly about everything. But restraint means more focused and pushing ideas further. Mm. And I hadn't really thought about this until reading this tweet, but it's so true. It's almost like if you don't have any constraints, you're thinking too broadly, right? And you're thinking across everything and covering all those bases. Whereas, yeah, if you've got those constraints, you're like confined to a certain thinking path. And so you can dig a lot deeper which, yeah, is really true. And again, why I think they're so important for for client work in particular.
1: Yeah, I agree. And Lauren, who voted yes in the poll, said that she voted yes because it gives you parameters to work in. It reduces down looking at everything and looking at key points or information. So I think what she's trying to say there is that it allows you to really, like, be a bit more narrow focused, which kind of ties in with Amy's tweet about sort of digging deeper and following down this, one path that which allows you to to get a lot deeper rather than look shallowly.
0: Yeah, I think the key thing to take away well from this chat and from this episode is that can, you should see constraints as a good thing. I think often maybe you might get something from a client and feel too confined by it like perhaps they really want this certain um design style or something I don't know that is what the, is going to fit with their brand. Whereas you like prefer to do something else, embrace that constraint and it'll give you a chance to try something new, you know. And just think of how much time you're saving because you have the constraints in place and that you're not having to think too broadly. I th- I think that you'll end up doing better work when you have constraints. So yeah, try and view them as a good thing. You're right, Fem. I wish we'd heard from people who said that they disagreed with mm. with the statement. Yeah, because I want to know. Why.
1: Yeah, so I mean if you're listening and you voted no, it's not too late to tweet us and tell us. I would be really interested to hear. Maybe you had an experience or something where, I don't Mm. know, maybe the constraints didn't allow you to produce good work or
0: something. I don't know. I'd just be really keen to hear your experience. Yeah, maybe it's something like uh, Katie who requested a maybe option. She said, uh, if a client is super specific with a ton of constraints, I feel like I'm in an assembly line and just recreating. So maybe that's what the people who said nope were were thinking about. I don't know. If you're listening to this as well and you didn't vote in our poll, then please feel free to share your thoughts as well because we definitely want to hear them.
1: Cool. So I think that's a wrap for this episode. If you want to hear more of our episodes, you can head to designlife.fm and you'll find all of our previous episodes there. As well as our newsletter, which you can sign up to, and it means that you'll be the
0: first to hear about a new episode and about other things as well like for example, if we do decide to do a book club, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which apparently I've yeah just thought of in this episode <laughs> coming soon, apparently. <laughs> you can find design Life hopefully on any podcast app that you use, so look for us in Overcast, look for us in iTunes we should be there ready for your listening pleasure and make sure you join in with a discussion on twitter as well and share your thoughts we are at design life fm and we'd love to chat to you and lastly if you've been listening to the show for a while and
1: maybe you have a friend or a family member or someone that you think could benefit from the show then please do share it with them uh, we'd love to be able to help more people on the show and so if you know someone or maybe your followers or something that would enjoy the show please consider sharing it we would really love that
0: yeah it's my favorite thing ever when we see people tagging us in tweets recommending a friend that they listen to the show yeah it's just awesome and my heart even more awesome when that new person joins in on a conversation yeah that's super cool good chat fam okay. i'll see you next week
1: see you next week Bye-bye. bye bye bye